love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. What the world needs now is love. More love. Stars literally aligned. He's always been the one. There's someone out there for everyone. I'm Nancy Regan, your host on the Canadian Love Map. We are on a journey to uncover and share love stories of all kinds. He's never forgotten to bring me flowers. We're hoping we're going to give a little good news to this world. Even in these dark times, the life continues to go on. It's all about compassion, devotion, adventure, and of course, love. Everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs love. This is the Canadian Love Map. Well, love is the most important thing. To me, I think we all have a duty. If we can do something really in passing that, you know, could potentially down the line have a huge impact, I think we are behooved to to do so. The first phone call was short, actually, and a bit shy on both sides. I mean, what do you say to a person who has saved your life? Today's love story belongs to Sheila and Cody, two complete strangers living in different countries who, through a gift of life, became bonded by blood. This is the Canadian Love Map. Sheila and Cody, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yes, absolutely. Pleasure to be here. We have done a lot of different love stories on the Canadian Love Map. And and we always like to say, you know, we talk about love of all kinds. And this is a unique one. And I, I just can't wait to talk to you about your very special relationship. Let's talk first about where I'm reaching each of you. Cody, where are you today? So right now I'm in Tupelo, Mississippi. Um, am I allowed to be on Canadian Love Map if I'm not in Canada? <laughs> oh, this is a special exemption. I, I believe me, we've been so excited to get you on. And Sheila, what about you? I'm in Russia Gornish in New Brunswick, just outside of Fredericton. Is it as beautiful as it sounds? It is. It's so beautiful. You know how it is in New Brunswick in the fall. Oh, my gosh. Sheila, let's start with you, because really, this story starts with you. If you don't mind taking me back to the beginning of the path that led you to Cody. Right. Well, in 2008... Um, I was very sick all the time, and uh, I was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And at the time, I was very hopeful and uh, positive. I was seeing a uh, a doctor here named Dr. Cook, Dr. Bill Cook, who's a mindfulness doctor. And so Mm -hmm. I was quite zen through it, you know, and uh, uh, I actually became a yoga teacher after, went to an ashram. But the second time, I got non-Hodgkin, which was only in 2011 when I started feeling sick, and 2012 when um, I was diagnosed. Uh, It came back, and it came back 
at stage four. So I did go through the normal chemo, uh, but it wasn't going to do it. They knew that I would have to have a stem cell transplant or a bone marrow transplant and that they were going to look all over the world for a match. And uh, my family wasn't a match. Uh, so, you know, I was hopeful, but I didn't know what was going to happen. I'm curious to know when it came back, as you say, you know, you had you had done the ashram on the first time round. You had really gotten into uh, yoga. Were those tools that you learned helpful the second time round or were they were they not quite enough to meet the yeah. the stress of the diagnosis? Not quite enough. You know, those those um, those um, practices are are strong, but it was second time within two years, you know, so I was quite nervous going into it. I always kept a positive attitude, but the reality was it was very scary. Tell me about your life at the time, if you don't mind. Okay. I Well, it's interesting because after, you know, 30 years of being a single mom, both my kids had left and then I got cancer. You know how it is. <laughs> but um well, I live alone. I am alone, you know. Mm. Um, however, um, my granddaughter was born in 2010. And she is on the spectrum. She is the most special little girl in the world. My first grandchild. And um, that's what I did with all my time. I was sick. But she was she was containable. You know, you could corral her. And um, she kind of lit up my life um, and still does today. So that was a great diversion in a way. Yes, absolutely. And you said all your family members got tested to see if they would be a match. And, and of course, I, I think that would be very difficult to find out one by one. No, not a match, not a match, not a match. Yes, yes, for sure. It was surprising. And I couldn't figure out. Uh, what was going to happen? Because if my own family didn't match with me, you know, what what was going to happen? Mm -hmm. But you said you maintained a positive outlook, as difficult oh, as yes. that is, it, particularly when you hear stage four, right? Yes. Well, one of the things that I, I took on uh, the first time I had cancer and working with Dr. Cook and mindfulness is that all each of us has is this moment right here. You know what I mean? This moment mm -hmm. is all we have. And then we have the next moment and the next moment. And when I was diagnosed, first I did a lot of research, a lot of worrying, a lot of, you know, um, I got to do this, I got to do this, eat this, eat this, you know. And then I thought, you know, this could be my last day. Actually, it could be any of our last day. And I don't want to spend that commiserating or, uh, you know, feeling bad. I'm going to make the most of each each moment. You know, that's why I try to live all the time now. That's beautiful. Presence is a gift in our lives, isn't it? Yes, showing up, being yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, that sounds, that sounds familiar. It sounds like a yes, book I wrote. It does, yes. <laughs> but that, I mean, that I've had that same experience where, you know, learning to really be in the moment changed my life. And I am glad to be in this moment with you because of the very special love story. So let's weave Cody in now and figure out how he came into the picture. Okay. I guess that's my cue. So uh, I think in, in 2012, um, I had read an article online about 
uh, the bone marrow registry, which uh, in the US is, is run by an organization called Be The Match. Um, I believe in Canada, with the exception of Quebec, it's Canadian Blood Services. We can maybe talk more about that later. But uh, basically, I read about you know similar stories as to Sheila, people who needed bone marrow uh, transplants. Um, and basically, joining the registry is, is very simple and painless and costs nothing. And so it kind of just seemed like a no-brainer to me that, you know, maybe one day I or someone in my family will will need a donation. And so, you know, you get a kit in the mail and you swab your cheek and you send it off. And they tell you at the time that it's it's very unlikely that you'll match to anyone. Um, you know, you need really? hun- hundreds of people on the registry to find that one match for a person. Um, and then you may never you may never hear anything. Um, so I joined the registry and within two months, um, I had received a, a phone call that I was a match. Wow. And, and, and the person on the phone had told me there are people who are on the registry for 20 years and they never match with anyone. Wow. And that's, and what had, what had been your impetus? You had heard about it, but were you already a blood donor? What was sort of the, the background that led you to saying, yeah, I want to do this? Sure. Um, so I, I do donate blood occasionally. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the sight of my own blood. So it's a little <laughs> bit of a struggle for me. Um, if for anyone wondering, this is way easier than donating blood, although lots of people would scoff that I don't like to donate blood. Um, so I had a grandfather who had chronic myeloid leukemia, um, who could have possibly benefited from, from such a donation. Um, unfortunately, that wasn't an option for him just seems like a no brainer to me. I mean, I can take 30 seconds of my time and, you know, maybe it never cost me anything, but, you know, in the chance that I'm a match for someone, uh, it can, it can change their life. So how did it feel to receive that phone call saying, Hey, you, you are a match and this is phenomenal. Uh, so it was, it was like, not that surprising because I, it was, you know, it was so recent in my mind that I had joined the registry but it was also one of those things like, you know, buying a lottery ticket where like, you know, I'll probably never hear about this again. But I was in the midst of planning for my wedding and the the person calls and, and there's a little bit of like counseling because, you know, Sheila has to be prepped for the procedure and you have to get, this is probably the scariest part, the donor has to get uh, shots in the abdomen, um, I think three times um, leading up to the donation. They're, they're painless. Um, but there's just what like- What did they do? Um, so they encourage your body to create the stem cells that are needed for the donation. There's a process that's involved and they want to make sure that the donor is fully committed um, because Sheila has to be prepped for surgery and all that sort of thing. And they want to make sure that you're not going to back out, basically, that you're committed. Right. Of course. So, Sheila, what was it like for you to learn that you actually had a match? Oh, my gosh. Well, it was a message that I could possibly live, you know, because um, like I was elated and excited and very curious, you know, because this, you know, who was going to, who was doing this? And my, uh, basically our blood was going to be the same, you know, he was giving me or somebody was giving me their blood, you know, the essence of life. And I felt like in a spiritual way, we'd be connected somehow because of that. And um, so I was really excited and couldn't wait to meet my donor. But of course, you have to wait until uh, for one full year uh, before you can meet your donor. And um, the donor has to be willing to meet you as well. 
Oh, tell me about why they do that. Why do you have to wait? So you don't know anything for a full year? Nothing. Not where they're from. You know, they could be anywhere in the world. So I think they do that because, well, for one year after a bone marrow transplant, I needed uh, 24-hour care. You know, it's a very precarious time because how they prep you for the operation is they basically do chemo to kill most of your cells and then the new stem cells come in and then a war goes on between um, your like my cells and Cody's new cells. And uh, that was quite um, intense. And you were very depleted in that case, I guess. Completely depleted. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, you have to be. And uh, I was in the hospital for three months and um, lost a lot of weight. Uh, but I was alive, you know. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I made it through thanks to, to my donor. <laughs> and did you know from the get-go that you were going to want to know who the donor was? Absolutely. Absolutely. I wanted to know. And um, I wanted to get to know that person as well, if, if at all possible. Mm-hmm. Cody, what about you in this process? Uh, sure. So I gave the donation and just briefly, like what I experienced, um, there are two different routes. One is kind of like the traditional, like you're under general anesthesia and they harvest your bone marrow. Um, apparently that is relatively uncommon. So what I went through, uh, is you connect to a machine kind of like donating platelets, if, if you're familiar. So my blood goes into a machine and the magic happens. And then the blood goes back into my other arm. And I sat in a in the clinic for a couple of hours and watch television. Um, so it's, it, the donor process was very easy. Um, a courier comes in at the end, and the only thing I know is that it's going to Canada. I don't know, you know, whom whom it's for or Ooh. or what they have, and I don't know. It's it's just very interesting that you know I'm from Mississippi, Canada. You know, no offense, Canada. As, as I'm sure you'll say, for Mississippi, Canada does not enter my vocabulary on a daily basis. Uh, <laughs> And so, you know, when when this guy comes in with the cooler and he's like, give me the blood, I'm going to get on a plane to Canada. I don't know. It almost felt like a movie. Um, yeah. yeah. At the time, we, we did not know anything about Sheila or, you know, what she was going through. Um, we just hoped for the best. And I mean, honestly, for the first year before we were able to be in contact, I wasn't even sure, you know, if she was still here. And so in, in that sense, it, it was just a blessing to just to hear from her and know that, you know, things went well. Okay, how did that happen? I cannot wait to hear how this eventual connection took place. Sure, Sheila, you want to tackle that one? Sure. Well, uh, the first phone call was fairly short, actually, and kind of a bit shy on both sides. I mean, what do you say to a person who has saved your life, you know? Um, A lot of thank yous and some questions. But as time went by, I found emails were, were easier. And, um, and so we'd email and then in the last little while, it's been zooming. And they even zoomed from Tupelo from Elvis's uh, birthplace. Um, so when I say we, there's um, Cody uh, was getting married and uh, Jade um, it's, it's part of this too, right? I love her too. She, um, she's been through it all with Cody and she came up here to visit as well. 
Oh my goodness. Okay. So what was that visit like when you actually met in person? Well, when he started, when I identified that it was him driving the car down the, down the road, I just started crying, you know, even now, just thinking of him and seeing him smile, just like he's smiling. He's very cool kind of guy, you know, he's very, um, yeah, a heart full of gold. You know, he didn't mention that, um, you know, him and his wife, they save uh, cats, they bring cats in. They trap them, bring them in, and get them neutered. Like he's he's saving everybody. Out there. Uh, he's a vegan. He's uh, they call him Batman, as a matter of fact, because he studied bats. Isn't that interesting? And then we're connected through blood. I just think oh that's <laughs> I think that's amazing. That's all such a beautiful you know picture you're painting, and I can almost see them driving in the lane and and oh. you reacting like I how profound yes. you know the person who you've never met who has saved your life. Yes, and we hugged, and you know what? Like he's a young man, and I'm an old Grammy, you know, and I but he hugged me back. He he's got such good hugs, and um, there was clearly a bond. You know, I knew that I loved him to pieces, but it was clear when they came up that, you know, they love me too. So it's just incredible. We couldn't share the great stories that we do here on the Canadian Love Map podcast without the amazing support of Charm Diamond Centers. They are Canada's largest family-owned jeweler, and they're proud to be putting love on the map. The folks at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story. So visit charmdiamondcenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. Cody, what was that like for you? First of all, I'm curious about your decision to actually come to Canada. And and then I'm curious about the... Now, you know, everyone talks about maritime hospitality, but you must have encountered something amplified <laughs> in terms of her gratitude for you. Yeah, so um, it, it was an easy decision for me to, to go up and visit Sheila. Um, it's a little... I don't know if this is the right word. Awkward for me, just because, like Sheila said, I'm I'm a shy person. Uh, I don't accept thank yous and compliments particularly well. Um, and really, you know, it was just an honor to do this for Sheila because Sheila is a great person, and I know that you know if the roles were reversed, there would be no hesitation for Sheila to give a donation and to do whatever it takes to help someone else. And so, you know, we had never met, but I already felt like I knew Sheila. And, you know, it was just a pleasure getting to meet her in person. And, you know, finally, you know, Zooming is, is one thing. And I say this as someone who works remotely and is on Zoom meetings all the time. Uh, it just doesn't compare to meeting someone in person. And, and you really feel that connection when you meet in person. So describe that moment for us from your perspective as you drove in the lane. <laughs> sure. Um, so we were pulling up to, to Sheila's home, which uh, she hasn't mentioned. Is she was able to buy her first home recently. Um, and so congratulations to Sheila for that. Um, also, her adorable dog Murphy was in the yard to greet us. And so maybe he was a little bit of an icebreaker. But I don't know. I mean, it's a long way from home uh, for me. And but I felt like I was, you know, in a familiar place right away. And, and Sheila made us feel very at home. And so, you know, it, it, it was just as as kind and as warming as could be. I've heard you uh, refer to each other as blood relatives. Yes. Tell me about that. 
Well, we're, we do. I mean, we, we share the same blood. As a matter of fact, even in a way that my sisters and I don't share the same blood, you know? And I'm real curious about that. I've, I know we've talked about it before, but I'd love to know um, where it is back in our genetic history that we were connected, if that makes any sense. Like, I think we were Vikings, actually. <laughs> Something like that. Don't you, Cody? Do you I, get that vibe? I honestly have no idea about my family history, so I'll, we'll go with that. Okay, okay. Yeah, so we're Vikings. <laughs> yeah, so I've actually joked with Sheila. Um, I, this is bad. I, I went to school for science, but I've been out of the game for a bit. Uh, but she does actually have some of my DNA in her blood, so... If I ever get accused of any crimes in New Brunswick, you guys need to tip, tip the police off. I'm in trouble. I, I have a feeling there's not much of a chance of that happening. No, no. No, <laughs> Call I, me crazy. I feel pretty safe. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> oh, you never know. I might get up to something. I doubt it. <laughs> One of the things I love so much about this story, as you describe it, is that Cody you were able to create a profound impact on someone else's life by doing something, as you describe it, relatively small. You know, it didn't take a lot for you to do this. And yet, look at the effect on the other side. Yes, yes absolutely. I mean, you know, the world is full of people who, you know, work really hard and, and do amazing things. Um, and, and those are all great. But I, I think to me, I think we all have a duty. If we can do something really in passing that, you know, five minutes and it could potentially down the line have a huge impact on someone else's life, it, I think we are behooved to, to do so. Mm -hmm. I don't know, there are basically no downsides. Um, and if, you know, if there's someone out there that is uncomfortable about, you know, meeting the, the recipient of their donor, their donation, you know, you can certainly say, I don't want to meet the donor. I've had nothing but good experiences with Sheila. Um, but yeah, I just encourage everyone to, to look up the registry and, and join if you're able. Um, it's a very simple process. And, you know, who knows, maybe, you know, down the road, I'll need a donation. And it only seems fair that I donate to something if I feel like I might need it at some point. Well, you're an excellent spokesperson, or you both are, because I am, even starting this conversation, it was going through my mind, I'm signing up next week. And and especially, Cody, when I heard you talk about how simple and straightforward it was. So I love the fact that when we reached out, you were both gung-ho and willing to come on as my guests and be on the podcast. But that's part of you really wanting to get the word out, right? Yes. yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Tell me what you want to say to people, Sheila, out there, you know, who may be uh, ready to say, okay, send me a kit and I'll swab my cheek. Right. Why is it, why is it uh, so important? Well, because you can be somebody's code and you can save somebody's life, you know, and the impact of that is, I mean, my life is important, not only a person's life, but it reaches, it touches out to so many different people. Like in my life, my granddaughter, who's on the spectrum, and, um, you know, like I've had the opportunity to 
teach her um, left and right, uh, teach her swimming. Um, I've been a really influential person in her life, you know. It's just so easy. And in Canada, it's uh, blood.ca is where you go. And you can have the kit actually sent to you. And you just do a, like a, a swap in the mouth and put it back in its container and it's self-addressed. Uh, so you just pop it in the mailbox and, you know, they'll contact you. Yeah, that is amazing. I didn't know it was that simple. And that's why it's definitely made me go, yep, I'm doing it. And I'm committing to both of you. I'm going to do it next week. Um, but Thank Sheila, I, I have to wonder if in moments with your granddaughter, are there times that you think, if not, for Cody, I wouldn't be here to have the impact on her young life. Every day I have those thoughts, you know, with Murphy, my first puppy, my first home, you know, just um, sometimes just looking at the blue sky and feeling alive. You know, I'm constantly thinking of Cody, you know, and how grateful I am. Um, I mean, it's literally the gift of life, you know? It makes me think of the phrase, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yes, yes. But I think the missing piece of that is that that's not true without healing. Yes. And it sounds like you experienced a lot of healing. Oh, yes. Yes, I have. In the last five years, you know, it took me a while. It's, it's taken a long while, 10 years. I've slowly found myself again, What what was behind you know, some exterior walls that I was holding up and keeping love away, you know, pushing love away. Well, it sounds like there's lots of love around now. And I hear such gratitude from you, Sheila. How does gratitude play into this for you, Cody? Sure. So, I mean, certainly, you know, from a selfish perspective, it, it makes you feel good uh, to hear that, you know, she's living a great life and, and she's thankful and and I'm just thankful to know Sheila. And, you know, if Sheila told the story, she would tell the story that I'm the hero and that I did all the hard work. Uh, I did the easy part. You know, Sheila's the one who's faced, you know, a terminal diagnosis and spent months in the hospital and was planning end of life. You know, so Sheila has been through much greater hardships and struggles than I have. And just getting to know her. And, and this is a tough woman to come through all of that. And so I have nothing but love and respect for Sheila. Wow. What is next for this relationship? <laughs> I'm Mississippi bound. <laughs> um, I'm not sure when, but um, one of the things I want to do, we haven't mentioned another important person, and that's Trish, uh, Cody's mom, because I talked to her a lot when I was kind of shy to talk to Cody, you know, and oh, wow. um, and she's an, an amazing woman. She's a fireball, and um, apparently she doesn't uh, take too many breaks from work. She doesn't take time off. So I plan to go down there and kidnap her and take her on, a, on an adventure for raising such a beautiful son. <laughs> and uh, also, yes, me and uh, Cody and Hannah, who's um, Jade's twin and Jade, um, we're going to do some sightseeing in Mississippi. Oh, how rich is that going to be? Yeah. And and has the wedding already happened? You said you were engaged at the time, Cody. Uh, yes. So it was actually the the month of my wedding that I made the donation. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. And so you were, were rewarded with a wonderful marriage, no doubt. Yes. And it, it was just, um, it was so good. Um, I mean, everything had kind of settled, you know, like when you have a big event, like a marriage, everything is kind of up in the air for a little bit and a year had passed and things were finally kind of kind of settling back down to some sense of normalcy. And, and we learned that Sheila was, you know, still on the road to recovery, but was, was doing well. And I don't know, they, it was just um, the best wedding present that she could ask for to hear, you know, because we had no idea. We had no idea if, you know, who, who was involved and how they were doing. And so I was just grateful to hear that number one, that the person was Sheila and that Sheila was doing well. It's like the resolution of a mystery novel in a way in which you've been involved yes. in yes. a really important way. Yeah, I really get that. Now, often when I have conversations on this podcast with romantic couples, I'll say, what do you love most about the other person? But what I'd love to ask both of you is, how do you describe the other person to people who don't know anything about them or the story? Sheila, how do you describe Cody? Uh, humble, intelligent. He's altruistic, you know, in in everything. He's thoughtful and caring, not only about people and the planet, but um, animals. You know, he's an animal lover. He's uh, quiet spoken, handsome. <laughs> uh, look at that beard. I just love that Great beard. smile. Oh, yes. right. Beautiful <laughs> smile. Um, just, um, yeah, just a wonderful human being. Wonderful. And Cody, how do you describe Sheila? Um, so I would describe Sheila as a warm and kind and loving person. Uh, being able to see her with her granddaughter was a joy. Um, you could clearly tell that they have a special bond. Um, and and I, don't, I don't have any children. So in a way, it sort of feels like her granddaughter is, is my family now. And most of all, I just feel like Sheila is a warrior. Like Sheila went through adversity and you know, it's a long road and there are a lot of hurdles and just to see her come out the other side, it would be something that I always look up to. Thank you. Wow. I'm sure glad your long road brought you our way and onto this podcast because I have loved every minute of this conversation. So before we leave, Sheila and Cody, I want you to know I've just Googled blood.ca and I am looking at stem cell registry. And I see, interestingly, that you, in Canada, you need to be between the ages of 17 and 35, which, by the way, I am not. And, and that is, I gather, because it gives the recipient the best chance. Sheila, tell me about that. Yes. Yeah. Um, I believe it's different in the States. I think it's uh, up to 40. But um, um, eligible donors are, um, yeah, 17 235. And, and if you're not 17 to 35, you know someone who is. Right. I was just going to say, it's a good way for you to say, okay, I'll use this as a springboard and tell everyone I know who's between 17 and 35 they should do it. But also, it strikes me that as soon as I went and discovered I was too old for that, my next step was, okay, but I need to get in and give blood and do anything else I can yes. in that regard. Yes. Yes. Spreading the information about how easy it actually is, you know, is a, is a huge way to support the stem cell bank. Wonderful. Well, I hope this podcast does that. Me too. 
Thank you both so, so much. It's a, a beautiful story. Thank you. Thank you for having us and uh, join the registry, please. <laughs> right on. We will put a link in our show. Yes. Notes. Yes. Great. All right. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter. We love sharing love stories of all kinds, and that could include yours. So do you or someone you know have an uplifting tale to tell? Reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram using at Canadian Love Map or email producer at podstarter.io. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map.